Welcome to Alex and Annie, the real women of vacation rentals. With more than 35 years combined industry experience, Alex Husner and Annie Holcomb have teamed up to connect the dots between inspiration and opportunity, seeking to find the one story, idea, strategy, or decision that led to their guest's big aha moment. Join them as they highlight the real stories behind the people and brands that have built vacation rentals into the $100 billion industry it is today. And now, it's time to get real and have some fun with your hosts, Alex and Annie. We'll start the show in just a minute, but first, a word from our premier brand sponsor, Casago, and co-sponsors, Guest Ranger and Good Neighbor Tech. Casago's founder, Steve Schwab, has been quoted as saying, you can only be a local in one place. This simple yet profound statement is the basis of Casago's franchise model, which allows locally owned vacation rental management companies the ability to compete at a national level by leveraging the system, software, and support, the buying power of a much larger organization. As a Casago franchisee, you have the freedom to run your business with the support of a community of like-minded professionals while leveraging the economies of scale and buying power to increase profitability and reduce operating costs. Guest Ranger is the premier guest screening and chargeback protection solution. Leveraging AI, their tool effectively detects fraudulent activity, fake IDs, and underage guests, while also performing comprehensive dynamic background checks. With Guest Ranger, businesses can rest assured that their customers are safe and secure. Good Neighbor Tech allows you to manage your properties remotely and intelligently, protecting your owners and your guests. Their smart Wi-Fi locks allow you to provide temporary access to home and garage from anywhere and keep track of when guests and service providers are in the property. Good Neighbor Tech provides the ability for you to collect email addresses from all guests staying in a property, not just the one who booked the reservation. Every guest who connects to the internet will see your branded welcome page and be prompted to provide their email address in order to connect to the Wi-Fi. Visit casago.com forward slash franchise, guestranger.com, and goodneighbortech.com for more information. Welcome to Alex and Annie, the real women of Vacation Rentals. I'm Alex. And I'm Annie. And we are joined today with Christina Thorson, who is a vacation rental legend and an aspiring sommelier. Did I say that right? <laughs> That's good. <laughs> we love wine. So you're keeping the right yeah. place. <laughs> you're with the right crowd. <laughs> yep. Y'all will help me taste, right? So I can develop my palate. Well, our favorite thing is arms. talking about vacation rentals while drinking wine. And unfortunately, <laughs> we don't have any today, but <laughs> yeah, we're we should have planned this better. <laughs> Next time. Yeah. Well, we're so excited to have you. And Christina, you you just have such an amazing story that you've built in um, many, many years within the industry and in other industries. And most recently, some pretty... Um, uh, maybe dramatic is the word. I'm not sure, but just very interesting things that have happened um, within your role in the business. So, before we get started, can you give our audience a little bit of history of who you are and your background within vacation rentals? Sure. So, in about 2004, Thor, my now husband, uh, mm-hmm. built a house that was on the bluff of Lookout Mountain, and. The interest rate started rising and he was on an adjustable rate mortgage based on uh, LIBOR, which is the London Interbank Loan Rate, and thought, I'm not going to be able to afford this. I need to make this something else. I need to make this a vacation rental. And so checked around, found somebody in Chattanooga that would help him with that. And so 2004, turned that property into vacation rental and moved in something we call the shed. And during the time from four to about 13 
when the guests would have a problem, the person managing the property would have them call his cell. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so in 13, we found out that person was neither licensed by the state of Tennessee, which they're required to be, nor had an escrow account. Okay. And so I said to him one night on the porch, drinking wine, perhaps, uh, <laughs> hey, I, I think you should just take him away from this person and we should start managing them. And so in January of 2014, we went up to Sevierville and took a vacation lodging license class. And he became licensed and started managing his own too. And then um, people started coming because they knew him from the hang gliding community. Started coming to him and saying, hey, you're managing yours. Would you do ours? So Mm -hmm. that's kind of how we got started in the industry in about February of 2014 as professional managers. That's right around Valentine's Day too, right? Yeah. <laughs> it actually was. I think it's a few days before Valentine's that he became licensed. Yeah. Um, oh and of course, goodness. I went to the class with him, but I didn't become licensed because I had all those other real estate credentials. I didn't want to try and manage all those things. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you grow? Like, so when you, well, recently, I mean, we'll go, go touch on it. Recently you sold it, but back then, like how, how did you grow your business? Cause I mean, that, that was at a time when things, vacation rentals was growing slowly and, and kind of quietly. I mean, Alex and I've been about around for enough time to know yeah. that the last few years has been the boom, but it's, you know, things were slow and you were in a, 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 a I mean, Gatlinburg is a big market, but Chattanooga is not a huge market for vacation rentals, or at least it wasn't at the time. No, it wasn't. So I think we were one of the first properties in Chattanooga in like a hundred mile radius to be on uh, Flipkey back in the day. Oh, yeah. So we yeah. were paying for advertising. Thank you, Jeremy. And why'd you say that? Anyway. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All the things. It's a love yeah, I've had this conversation. Yeah. Um, we were on Flipkey and then paid to be on HomeAway. And then, of course, I think VRBO bought Flipkey and then HomeAway bought VRBO. You know, that whole thing happened. Yeah. yeah. Um, When we decided we were managing, it was really not intentional to open a company, although we opened a company because he's a former military policeman. He's a rule guy. We want to make sure we're following all the rules. And then people started coming and saying, hey, would you manage this for us? We just organically had owners recommend other owners. People found out he was doing it. He was like a 14-year-old girl on Facebook posting what he was doing every day. And, you know, <laughs> and he still does that. Still does that. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. But he would be like, at my office and have this gorgeous view or off yeah. whatever. Um, and then we had a good friend who was real interested in us helping a local um, land trust called the Tennessee River Gorge Trust with their property, they had a property on the river that they were using for events and brides and they didn't like it. They're spending a lot of time and a lot of money. They weren't making any money. And they came to us and said, Hey, would you help us manage this? And that became like our fourth property. So wow, we just grew from word of mouth until we decided, Oh, now we have payroll. We should probably do something intentional. <laughs> Cause we yeah. really didn't plan any of that. I think that's how so many of us have gotten into the into the business and even the business owners that they didn't realize that they were actually building a business until all of a sudden it was like, okay, wow, I actually I need software and I need people to be able to manage this <laughs> empire that is like quickly growing in front of my eyes. Um, and it's just it's it's interesting to to see that happen in so many different areas of the country that it's just a similar path for many of us. But Unintentionally. It wasn't like in fifth grade, I said, oh, I want to be a vacation rental manager. Right. Yeah. Unless you're born into the business, it's not like you aspire to like, I'm going to go to college and learn all about vacation rentals. (laughs) Yeah. 
There probably should be a class for it, though. (laughs) Just to give a little bit of foreshadowing, and and we'll we'll touch on this in a little bit, but um, you recently sold your business or about a year and a half ago. Actually, uh, we closed June 30 of 22. So seven, seven months. Okay. So you had been in the business for roughly six years or so before you decided to sell. Tell us about those early days. I mean, FlipKey, I certainly remember that. And I remember (laughs) things were so much easier back then. People just sent in an inquiry and you wrote back and sometimes (laughs) you hear from them, sometimes you didn't. But it uh, it definitely put a lot more control in the hands of the operator, I think, to respond how they wanted to and control that guest experience. But talk about the early days and maybe just some of the struggles that you guys experienced experience between those years of, you know, the um, 2015, 2018, 2020 in that time? Sure. So 2014 is when we technically opened. Um, By 2015, we had four properties and early 20, at the end, by the end of 2015, early 2016, we had like seven or eight. Um, Some of the early struggles were not knowing a thing about vacation rental housekeeping. Yeah, sure. Every surface, every time. What? What are we talking about here? This is yeah. change the sheets, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So we didn't know. And so we had some residential cleaners that were working for us on contract basis. And then early 2016, we had a meeting with an attorney. We thought, okay, now we have a fairly substantial amount of income coming in and we've got a couple of employees. We need to make everybody an employee because we're telling the housekeepers when and where. Yeah. So figuring out the legal aspects and the operational aspects, how does the trash get taken off? Most of the houses didn't have internet. I mean, there was a lot of, it's a rural market, right? Mm-hmm. We were out on Lookout Mountain. We were out on the river west of Chattanooga, um, down the valley in Lookout Valley on the west side of the mountain. You know, trying to find the right people for the right seats. We didn't even know that was a thing. We just yeah. were like, hey, can you come help us? Yeah, yeah, please. Oh, <laughs> like, nice. Yeah. Just begging. <laughs> yes, just begging. And then trying to professionalize it as we learned more and more about it. Um, we were early adopters to um, Escapia. So in okay. 2016, okay. we had eight or nine properties and we were getting, or maybe 10 properties. We were getting, we had a little thing called ResKey that was basically uh-huh. just calendar ops, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and pushed back to our Verbo and FlipKey, I think, or Homeway and FlipKey. I can't remember exactly. And so I had met somebody and I was like, oh, we really need to be on Escapia. We've been doing the accounting on, on a legal pad. We'll be back in just a minute after word from our premier brand sponsor, Cosigo. I've done every position in this company. I mean, started from the ground up. I was done right. I, I just did everything. So I've done it all. Not to say that I don't still enjoy vacuuming. I love that. <laughs> you get burned out a little bit and you lose your, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. That's Kelly Hill, Costco's franchisee from McCall, Idaho. Her company, Done Right Management, had been a leader in the market for many years. But as larger national companies started to gain ground, Kelly felt like she was losing control of the business. I was my way out the door. Before Costco came, I really was. I think I was considering selling the company because I was I was at that point where I was getting like, yeah, maybe this isn't for me. Ryan had approached Ryan and Steve approached me, and it was like they sang a song to me because I was like, this is what I need. I need direction. I'm looking at the bigger companies, and I'll say, you know, Vacasa's out there, and and I admire them for a lot that they do. They have, but they have a lot of bandwidth here. They have, you know, bulk. And so they can get, do things a lot 
cheaper and their systems are great. And I looked at Costco as, as the opportunity that we needed to, um, to get there, to have some of those advantages. We asked Kelly about the transition to becoming part of Costco and her thoughts on the benefits of becoming part of their franchise model. We had just switched to a different um, uh, PMS system that same year. So it was a real challenging year, but it was so worth it because Streamline is just, I mean, it's its the best breed. And I love touting that. When I meet with owners, I'm like, yeah, oh, we use Streamline software. It's the best in the industry. That's one main thing is that the training and the support that they've given us. I mean, they are just there. I mean, anything we need, anything we need. Kelly's story is one that resonates with many of our franchisees. Switching software is a big decision. Costco's full-time support staff are here to help make this process significantly easier and more efficient than a regular software switch. Ryan and Steve, they just really said, you can, you can still do this. We're here for you. And if we have all these things in place, your company can run smoothly. And it does. And I think that um, I, mean, I, I can... I, can take off for a week and I know I'm going to come back and everything is running as good, if not better than when I was here. So it's great. Visit casago.com forward slash franchise to hear more stories from franchisees like Kelly and inquire about territory opportunities and available markets. Every month and that was complicated. And so they said, well, we take 90 days to onboard. And I said, well, we're leaving for Europe in two weeks. So either we onboard or we can't do this. Yes, yeah. <laughs> we were leaving somebody else in charge. <laughs> we did it. Of course, a lot of properties, right? Um, yeah. So, you know, software and technology, yeah. operations, all those things were a challenge to sort of figure out, oh, now we need a pickup truck just for trash. Because there yeah. was a trash removal rurally. <laughs> yeah, especially where you done. were. I mean, you were having yeah. to cover a wide geographic area. I mean, the, the Smokies and Chattanooga, that whole area. I mean, that's... If you're managing in different parts there, I mean, you're having to send crews in very large distances, but that yeah, operationally, that's tough. It, yeah, he called it windshield time. Yeah. So there were a yeah. couple of later years in 21 and 22 when we were putting 30 or 40,000 miles a year on four different vehicles. Wow. And that's just trash. That's trash and maintenance, basically. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. Not because our furthest property was probably 65 miles. Wow. So we were, wow. you know, between properties, it's not very reasonable distance. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So in that, in that having a property that far away from your office, you obviously, I would say, obviously assume that you were an early adopter of some of the like tech to be able to check people in. Um, you know, I think that 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 has really come into its own in the last couple of years, but that was kind of at the the beginning of the like don't touch your guest phase, you know, like <laughs> when that was really happening. So yeah. how did you decide that that was a way you could operate or was it just by necessity? So when we started the company, we decided we did not want to have keys. We wanted electronic <laughs> locks. We wanted to be able to do those remotely. So um, we used a company called eRental Lock, which basically mm. was logarithmic card. And you put in the data time of start of the reservation and the data time of finish. So you can manually make every code for every reservation. And you just, we popped that into the emails to the guest. Mm -hmm. um, we figured if like we as guests, we don't need to meet you. We don't need to come get your key and talk to you in your office. And because we didn't have a real estate arm, we didn't have a brokerage. So we weren't trying to bring the opportunity for those guests to sell, right? We weren't right. trying to sell them property. So we didn't need to meet them in person. 
If they were happy, they go to the property, love the space, have a great time and check back out. And we didn't hear from them because they didn't need anything. We, it was great. Great for them. Great for us. Because that's how we like to travel. We started, right. <laughs> Thor will tell you, I was a huge advocate because I had guest perspective of one price per night, like one rate. Cleaning, taxes, everything included. No additional fees now that yeah. conversations become so huge. Right. <laughs> and he was, after about, I don't know, maybe 18 months, he said, um, I think we should charge sales tax. We're leaving oh, this money on the table. <laughs> because when we started, we had, they were like, you know, we were one of the first people on the internets, you know. Yeah. But then when we... When we went back like in 16, there were like 17 properties or something ridiculous, yeah, like really yeah. small number. For and yeah. he said, everybody else is charging these things, cleaning and yeah. we should probably, tra- we're just leaving that on the table because our nightly rate is, I was doing a nightly rate study manually yeah. once a quarter because I'm a weird <laughs> appraisal geek, right? <laughs> <laughs> so talk about like uh, scrape data. I was literally looking at every listing and seeing yeah. how they were listed on the different sites. and they're yeah. Like, yeah, that's so, so funny. I mean, that's that's yeah. my that's, that's been my experience as well. It just literally looking on other websites. <laughs> I mean, back, yeah. back in those days, that's what you did. I mean, they did there there were no tools, there were no dynamic pricing tools in the you know 2014 to 18 or so. I'm not sure when they started, probably around 18 or 19, I'd say. But yeah, yeah it was looking at websites and it was very time consuming because some sites made it easier to tell from the onset versus some you have to go all the way to the checkout page. And then, you know, everybody does things a little bit differently. And and I think that there's, there's greatness in that, but there's also, you know, this is not comparing a Hilton to a Marriott on Expedia. It makes it very difficult for people like you who actually, you were essentially the revenue manager without even knowing (laughs) that that was probably a title at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll date myself and say that um, I remember we would have meetings on Monday and take the reservation team offline and they would call around like we had, we, yes. we had, you know, I mean, that, that's what they would do. They would call around and then come back with their report. Like the re- re- reservation manager would come back in and tell us what all the competitors handwritten notes. It's like, yeah, like yeah. it's just so amazing where we've come. Oh, it yeah. is. The tools we have now are remarkable. Yeah. Remarkable. Yeah. Yeah. Now towards the end of the two or the, the 2010s, I guess you, yeah. um, you decided to change software, right? You changed over to track and fourth time, <laughs> fourth, fourth software we had changed. Yeah, we had changed. Wow, that's a and lot. We were, uh, we went from Reski to Escapia to Live Res to Track. Oh wow! Okay, I didn't know yeah. those two. Live Res was in the middle yeah. too. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So a lot, lot of changes over the years. Yeah. So you ch- ch- changed the track, and then I know one of the things that was so interesting to me when we first met was you were actually, I think the first one to tell us about EOS and how you integrated that in the business. And it seems like that's just something that's become very common in our industry and probably in other industries too, but it's just recently that that's become utilized in vacation rentals. But um, did you tell us about that? Was that part of track or did you do that after track or how did that work? That's a great question. So we, in March of 2020, when everything was starting to fall down in pandemic world, you know, people were getting sick and dying. Mm-hmm. Um, Thor did one of his famous long hikes and he called me and he said, I think we just shut it down. This is before the government shut down anything anywhere. And he wow. said, I'm worried about our team getting sick. 
guests yeah. coming that are sick or getting sick while they're here. Yeah. And then the repercussions potentially for owners and for our community. So if a guest gets our community sick or comes sick and and then dies in a property, yeah. what does that look like for our right. team, for the owners? Yeah. There's so much risk. He said, Christina, you know, and a lot of our team, several of our team members, longtime friends and family, two of my daughters worked with us. Mm-hmm. And he said, I don't want putting anybody's life at risk. I think yeah. we just shut it down until we understand. Mm-hmm. And so we we shut it down. We created a nonprofit and we decided we would put all of our personal savings in this nonprofit and pay our team whatever the gap was. Like we didn't, they hadn't decided about any, they hadn't shut anything down. They hadn't decided about federal benefits or something for unemployment. We just figured we would pay whatever their average monthly wage was like over the last 12 months, whatever the gap between unemployment and that wages, we would just pay them that out of that foundation because okay. we wanted, we didn't know how long this was going to last. Right. Right. Yeah. Nobody knew. So we're like, okay, we're going to shut it down. This is not safe. And then we, do we shut the company down and we're done? Yeah. Or do we invest everything we have in moving it forward in a different way? We have a, a unique opportunity. We don't know how much time we have, a couple of months at least, yeah. to completely reformat the business. So we decided B. <laughs> <laughs> and I talked to Steve Trevor, who I had several conversations with. Yeah. He recommended the book Traction. He recommended that I call Sharon Keefe. And look at EOS. I read the book in two days and I was like, oh, this is definitely what we need to do. Um, we kept on our two, two of our team members, Jen Richards, who's now actually at track and Katie Ben, who's with Ventory, who's also one of our vendors. Um, and we said, okay, this is what we're going to do. We got to everybody read the book. We're going to do this. And then we called track and John Stokinger was still there. And I said, John, we're not quite at 50, but we really want to be track. We had wanted to be on track since uh, maybe 2016. And they were so cute. We were at a conference and we said, oh, we would like to be in your system. And they were like, oh, great. Here's my card. And oh, by the way, how many properties do you have? And we were like six, I think. We we bring it on seven. They were like, oh, how cute. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) You can't can't be on track with that. Right. You can't afford it. Right. Um, Anyway. So we decided to double down and track made us a great deal. Nobody knew what was going to happen. We said, we'll pay you a year in advance. We'll pay you for 50. And before we quit the business, we had more than 50 properties. So yeah, isn't that great? We yeah. just doubled down basically and tried to reformat everything. So well, and having the right software tools, systems. I mean, that's like you guys were really building to what you probably always need all those the, uh, through those years. But here's the thing too. You don't know when you start what you don't know. And I've, <laughs> I've talked to so many people in, in my role now in Casago that are interested in becoming a franchisee. And they say, you know, I could do this on my own, but I know I'm going to end up t- t- taking missteps or I'm going to go down a path and I'm not going to know something. And that's going to cost me way more money than it would to be to start with something that somebody that knows it. And I think for anybody getting into the industry, whether it's through mentorship or through different programs or, or aligning with a software that's going to help guide you, that's really important. I mean, you guys had to take a few years there to, to get to that point, but, but you got there. And, and now, <laughs> now let's, let's, uh, segue into the really interesting part of the story, but tell us what happened next. Well, we doubled down. We reopened, you know, three days between, one day between, zero days. Everybody's good. We had all the cleaning stuff already in place, but we found out about dwell times. I never thought I'd need to know about dwell times of chemicals to kill germs, right? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Literally, like I spent 
three or four days researching Dwell Times of Chemicals. So, and Thor and I were talking about this, you know, over breakfast. Um, we came back, rock and roll. Everybody knows we got super busy. We had people calling us while we were closed saying, please let us come. We've been longtime guests. We always come. Please let us come. We need to get away. We couldn't. We just couldn't open it. Anyway, when we finally opened, got real busy. We had all the processes in place and we're working on some of the bigger ideas and just got super busy. Well, it kind of exploded. And in mid-21, I got an email from Jacoby Owen and he said, hey, if you're thinking about selling your business. And I was like, oh, please get me out. (laughs) And so I said, walk me through what that looks like. And so he did. And Thor and I talked about it. We decided, no, we're just going to do this. We're just going to keep doing this. We have everything in place. We have a great team. We just need to rock and roll. Keep going. Yeah. And mm-hmm. in early 22, he called us with an offer. And less than 24 hours later, we got a second offer from a completely unrelated source. Mm. And then I went to Chicago to conference. And I talked to two more people who wanted to sign NDAs and make us offers on our business. Wow. wow. So like in a three-week, first in a 24-hour period, and then in about a three-week period, we had four interested parties. And I, I said, Thor, what? We weren't going to sell. What What do we do? And he said, I think it's a sign. I, yeah. You know, to get yeah. two offers in this period of time, this just doesn't happen. We just need to move forward. Yeah. Um, we probably spent six weeks negotiating that. Well, the first offer we spent about three, two or three weeks on and just couldn't figure out a way to do it. That second offer, we spent about six weeks really hammering out terms, wanting a lot of assurances about how things were going to move forward. Mm -hmm. It was a real hard decision. It's like having an eight-year-old. So at that point, we were eight years in the business with the company. And of course, I've been operating vacational since before without knowing that's what we were doing. Right. Um, it's like selling your kid. Yeah. yeah. And Thor, <laughs> Thor doesn't have children. And he jokingly says, I'd sell my kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are days when I would have sold mine for the right amount of money. Yeah, I can't. Make a deal. And so it was a real tough decision. Plus, these are all our people. Right. right. And these owners, we've known a long time. I mean, they trusted us with their... Usually their largest financial asset. Sure. Sometimes their second largest. It was a tough decision. And at the end, we we signed the paperwork. Um, we called every single team member in that next two-hour period and said, okay, this is what we've been doing the last six weeks. And this is the direction we're going to see if we can go. Because we had a long contract period. It was a four, like a 45-day contract period. We mm-hmm. really weren't sure until day of closing that we were going to agree to do it. Wow. And how did what was that conversation like with your staff? Because again, you talk about like you know the, the business is your child, but the you know the, this is your support system, your family, your family yeah. members, your aunts, uncles, cousins. Like this is what yes. it all is. Like how do you go to them and say like I know you've worked all this, but we're we're getting out, you know, like yeah. to give them that assurance because I'm sure that you know again you want to make sure that they're protected, but there's only so far you can go with a with a sale of giving assurances, and and so a lot of it is just really trying to utilize that uh that that's that i guess that comfort that they have with you the trust that they have in you right that you're going to do the best by them well mm-hmm. that was hard it was hard conversations um you know from our perspective we just explained our decision making process and why we thought it would be a good opportunity for them because mm-hmm. it would give them the option of working in a lot of different areas if they wanted to physically move geographically if they wanted to move up in a company like in our company there's nowhere to go 
Right. You know, we own the company. There's really no upward progression if you want to grow in your field. Right. Um, yeah. One of the things that we told everybody was, look, if, you know, this, one of the things we negotiated, we spent about three weeks negotiating is a clause in the contract that said, you have to keep our people for at least six months. You absolutely cannot change their pay. You can only increase it. And you have to give them these benefits you're promising them. If you don't mm-hmm. do that, we have a contract, we'll sue you. I mean, it was, Thor was, you know, he can be kind of direct. <laughs> <laughs> there were several times I thought they were just going to throw up their hands and say, never mind. Right. Um, but they didn't. They really wanted this location. Um, yeah. So we just told people, look, this is the reason. We think it'll give you more opportunity. You have options to move in other places. You can move out of your current role into a different kind of role in the vacational industry. Yeah. You know, we're all learning in this business and we want you to have as many options as possible. You've built some traction in yourself and, and fundamental um, skills and knowledge and expertise. And so you can take that anywhere. This industry is amazing. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what we said. And of course, um, you know, at closing, we did a big bonus for the people who were still at the company. Yeah. Um, and one of the people that had left because without them, we wouldn't have gotten to where we were. Yeah. Right. And I think, you know, I remember being in Chicago with you and, and, and talking, not, you didn't talk about selling the business at that point, right. but, um, talking about what was going on. And it's just, that was like right before, or probably in the middle of when we started hearing of a lot of different acquisitions within the industry, yeah. um, you know, several big legacy players that had sold either to Vacasa or V trips or another private equity company. They, that was almost, I mean, we had a first of the month episode, Annie, I think that was maybe June with Simon Lehman that mm-hmm. that's what we talked about was like, what in the world is going on? Everybody's selling their businesses in this mass exodus. But that was also right before real estate also s- slowed down significantly over the summer and interest rates rose. And so it's interesting now to see, I don't think that anybody really is out there in the same, with the same buying appetite that they had at that time. Uh, and you know, from a from a numerical and revenue standpoint, I'm sure it, it was a very good time for you to get out when you did, because that deal, even with the other ones, I don't think would probably exist in its same format now. But, you know, that being said, I mean, obviously getting a, the, the payout for your work is wonderful, but I'm sure it's also a challenge for you guys to look back on it and know that part of that is is gone or a lot of it is gone and was a lot of it wasn't upheld to how you had wished things would go. Can you tell us a little bit about what that process was? Sure. So as part of the contract, they were buying the contract assets, our agreements with the owners, and they were also buying all of our brand identity. Mm-hmm. And after closing, we found out they hadn't even forwarded the phone number. Wow. Uh-huh. And like on purpose or just that somebody no idea. No idea. Hmm. The team that integrated us uh about three months after closing, they were all let go. Wow. And the fellow at the organization who was a salesperson who came to us to negotiate the deal is no longer with them. Yeah. As of about three weeks ago, two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a real weird, like I'm trying to resolve 2022 taxes. Yeah. And I'm you, know, you don't know who to go to. There's nobody to go to. Wow. Oh, yeah. And I'm emailing them and crickets. <laughs> They're like, who right. are you? Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. we had revenue until June 30, and they started revenue July 1st. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I couldn't get 
any of the marketing websites to give me information. We had downloaded everything from our site. We were on track and we were about 60% direct bookings. So mm-hmm. the bulk of the revenue we can handle and deal with. The rest of it, it's like, ah. yeah, <laughs> we're going to rely on our financial records because yeah. we don't have, there's no 1099 or anything. Yeah. It's, and it's interesting too. I mean, I, I remember back a few years ago when in my previous role, we, we had purchased another company that also had a very large presence and website in our area. And we talked to people about, do we redirect that website? Do we keep the brand? Do we merge it into our brand? And a lot of people that we talked to said, well, you ought to just follow what Vacasa did. And they just, you know, when they buy a company, they just redirect it and you just get the value of the, that traffic and those links. And we we did the opposite. And I think we did, we definitely did it the right way by not doing that. I mean, having, and really, I think if, if other big companies uh, would have followed suit, it would have been better in their path also, because I mean, really the local brands are so important. And if anything else, I mean, it's more to certainly more to manage and more complicated, but when you have more results on a, on a search results page, that's only better for, for that company to continue to get their own direct business, which you have built up pretty good direct business in a fairly short amount of time. Yeah. So that's that's a lot of equity in a company to throw away. And I, I really think that in a lot of these acquisitions that the equity in the marketing assets, the websites, the brand is, it's almost not even part of the, it's not part of the equation. You're, you're valuing the company based just on the contracts, but a lot of these websites have a lot of value that even if they're repurposed and used for something different, not vacation rentals, a lot of them have uh, URLs that are not specifically for accommodations that they could be repurposed, but it's interesting to see the different paths. Agree. It's and it's tough for us to see after the fact. Yeah, um, we left mm-hmm. town right after the close, and um, we're in St. Lucia, Seattle, and we went to, and my phone was off, so was Thor's, like for ten or eleven days, and we turned it back on. It was like Bing, 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 Bing. Oh no, that's the worst All the text feeling. messages yeah. from our team, um, right. our owners. owners sure. Uh, we did have a couple of owners actually reach out and say, "Oh my gosh, y'all! I had no idea how much work y'all were doing. We appreciate right. y'all so much. We are so right. sorry we were ever hard to deal with." Yeah, um, after the fact, know, it's just amazing. That, right, right. Yeah, because yeah. they have a different perspective. Yeah. So, so in your sale. Um, how long I, I, other people have talked about there's different clauses, I guess. Um, but how long do you have to, if you wanted to get back into vacation rentals, like how long do you have to not be in the market to be able to do that? So in Chattanooga, we agreed to a five year non compete. Wow. Wow. Well, think about how iconic Thor is. Right? Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, we, if people yeah, heard mistaken. he was doing it again, they'd be yeah. like, oh, Thor. Um, but it's well, hopefully they paid you for his his stature in the community. Well, they never <laughs> pays for that. But, well, uh, sure. <laughs> yeah. but I think, yeah, I mean, they did. They they hit a pretty high price, and from yeah. my understanding, it was median for what happened in that first quarter. Yeah, and after that first quarter, nothing else really has sold or been bought. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you got the tail end of it. Uh, yeah, yeah, the very Thor yeah. said. I don't know. I think God loves me. It's like, she's, oh, she's like, it's timing, you know? <laughs> yeah. Know. Right. Um, but then now he's so upset because he misses it. He does. Yeah. He does. Yeah. So we could go to other markets and do it. Okay. I'm not sure yeah. he wants to do operations again. Yeah. I would love the opportunity knowing what I know now. That's like, if you could go back to 25, but know what you do now. Yeah. Uh, would you do it? Yeah. yeah. 
there's some real appeal to that. Yeah. You know, hearing about um, Travis and Rebecca talk about the um, 100 Club, which I yeah. love yeah. the idea. Yeah. We were initially part of that and then weren't. We decided to stop doing it, but it, I, because it wasn't done yet. But we yeah. hearing them talk about it, I would love to be a part of that. Like that yeah. kind of stuff that people are doing. Yeah. Um, I think we would probably go franchise. I mean, I think yeah. we would probably call you right yeah. well, well, I know somebody that, that is. yeah I can hook you up with somebody that you can right yeah somebody yeah. knows about franchises yeah. running yeah. um yeah. I, I think that's probably the route we would go because why beat your head against the wall right yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah. It's, I mean to start yeah. from scratch is is even if you've been in the business there's still so much to to begin and start building that tech stack and uh, you know all the processes and everything that you need to redocument. But it is interesting. I, I think being in the position that you guys are in, it's like, I, I would imagine you kind of have that feeling of like, you almost want to, and I think Thor does wants to prove it to himself that he can do it again. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, it's kind of like you guys, I mean, everything worked out, you know, well in a we certain way lucky. for you. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Now it's like, okay, I want to, I, but I'm not done. You know, it's like, it's almost like you guys had like the last song cut, cut out for your main <laughs> concert. Like, and yeah. Back Before you go singing. able to dance, you know, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. right. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I don't know. I don't, you know, he was doing most operational heavy lifting. Yeah. So like when nobody, when nobody shows up to clean, or somebody's not picking up the track, he's going to do it. You know, yeah. an issue yeah. with the housekeeper being out or something. Um, I've cleaned houses. I'm not good at it, y'all. I didn't clean my own house. It was yeah, just dirty, right? I just don't yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but he was doing operationally most of the heavy lifting. So when we talk about going back into that, he's like, oh, oh. it's in the summer. Right. I wanted to ask you about your staff. And and I go back to when I was in vacation rentals. So before 2012, I had been in it since like the late 90s. And so one of the things that it being in the business I struggled with, and a lot of people that I knew struggled with is when you wanted to leave vacation rentals, there was really nowhere to go. Um, you know, the hotel sector looked at you with like vacation rentals. You don't know anything about <laughs> hospitality or, and then there wasn't all this technology. And so you have a couple of people that have now, one of yours went to track and you said, uh, Katie is at Ventory. Yes. Um, there were, there's more opportunity out there for people. And I think that there's now so much value put on the expertise and the experience and the, like just the, the breadth of knowledge that people from vacation rentals have that the hotel side didn't really they didn't really pay close enough attention to and probably let the opportunity to get some really great employees pass them by over the years. But what did it look like? Cause it's, it, I'm guessing that some of these people came to you and said like, the situation is just this no bueno. I don't want to be here. Yeah. Were you able to help them find their, their purpose in their place and, and the next chapter for them? We have in several instances, uh, some of them I can't really talk about, but and some of those people, of course, being having been in a smaller company like we had, you wear a lot of hats. So they had a breadth of experience like you're talking about. Yeah. Um, a lot of our team has found other roles in other sectors, mostly, uh, let's see, we think almost wholesale on the vendor side gets <laughs> operations mm-hmm. is hard, y'all. Um, yeah, sure. And so I think, you know, they... They have been able to pivot and, of course, get paid a whole lot more money than we were paying them because yeah. we were little. We couldn't. Yeah. You know, they were growing with us. Yeah. But we couldn't really compensate. Unfortunately, cost of living is not huge in Chattanooga and Metro and Dade County. Um, 
you know, I think we we paid for our staff to do a ton of training. We sent them to conferences. We always wanted them to be sharpening their skills. And one of the ideas behind the nonprofit, which we kept open after after the pandemic was over, and people mm-hmm. could apply for a grant to do any kind of education, because our goal was not to keep them at our company. Our goal was them to for them to be the best they could be. Lean into your interests yeah. and your curiosity. Right. We'll pay for that. And if that means yeah. you leave us, we will that's wonderful. hold your hand and wave goodbye and say, stay in touch. We love you. We want you to do the best wherever right. it is, whether that's what right. it is or not. Um, I just think that's, and I think right that's, that's, that's the good that's way really to important. Yeah, that's that's the way to look at it because it, as you're building your team, for anybody building a team right now, if you can't necessarily afford to pay somebody the top dollar that you know they you know that they deserve, and they know they deserve, but they want to work for you, there's other ways to compensate them, and that's a part of that is just having that support of you know I'm going to do my best that I can to train you and to teach you and give you the skills and the experience you'll get here, but I also know that if it's not forever, then that's okay. You know, I mean, you can't expect people to stay with you for forever if, if you also know you're not able to give them what you know they're going to be able to deserve and, and rise into but i think that that speaks a lot for you and thor's character character exactly. and also leadership yeah well yeah. i have to say when we implemented eos in mid 2020 we made some really crazy stretch goals and we were meeting all of them and the wow. goal was we had implemented a simple ira because we had met some of those goals and we had the money to do it sure. um, Little known secret, probably in a lot of companies. I never, ever got a paycheck from that company, even though I was working 30 or 40 hours a week, never yeah. paid me a dime. Uh, we didn't start paying Thor until uh, early 21. Wow. Never a dime. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So we were living our personal life on my appraisal, my valuation practice. And we were putting every dot, we were actually putting money into the company Back in sometimes the company. Yeah. because we wanted it to grow and we wanted our people to have a great place to work. Yeah. Right. Not sure yeah. That's the right strategy. Matter of fact, in New Orleans at the conference in New Orleans, Simon at Matt Landau's party said to me, really? You're not profitable? We didn't talk about this. Profitability. How many times have we heard that from yeah. Simon? <laughs> And, and, and he's oxy- right. But the, it's the oxygen that grows your business. Right. Yeah. Yes, I know. Yeah. We literally have sayings ingrained in our minds now. Oh my gosh! No. Yeah, but you know what? That that to me, that to me is I'm I'm a big believer in karma. You know, in the karmic flow of the universe, and that goes to me speaks to why God likes Thor. You know, and likes you. Like that was why yeah. this opportunity came when it did because you're you had you had built up your team to be prepared for anything whether they really knew it or not and you set them up for success and so whether it was easy to do or not you had done all the right things and so i think that that just is like i love hearing that and i love to hear that people invest in their their employees because i've worked at companies where they just couldn't have cared less about anybody that worked for them it was just really about the 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 bottom line and it was that nobody cared about making you whole or making you a better human down the road and so it's just it's great to hear that yeah and i think I, it's it, sorry okay no, go ahead. I, was say, I just always wanted people to follow their passion in terms of what they wanted to do in the industry and or beyond the industry sure uh, we paid for one um one person who worked for us wanted pilot like learn to get her pilot's license. We paid oh, for cool. pilot license. Like, you know, like we paid for her. She never got wow. a license, but we paid for the lessons for her to go. She found yeah. that she had uh she's colorblind. So she oh, no. I know. So she couldn't become an agent. Wow. Yeah. You can't 
Oh, you can't be a pilot if you're colorless. I mean, I guess that makes well, sense because the, 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 the colors on the switch. Yeah, it's commercial. Wow. So she yeah. can be yeah. a private pilot, and she could be, but she couldn't do commercial. So okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess if you like, you know, get a million dollars and get a Learjet and want to fly to Germany and Austria and Italy yeah, for you're dinner. setting yourself up you're for saying, future I mean, benefits <laughs> with this employee. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I think that's that. There's also another good lesson in that too. That businesses that. And not everybody can do this, but I think you you and Thor were in a good situation that you had another living that you didn't have to take money out of the business. Right. But there's I've, there's a trend for sure of businesses that are have also been able to do that that the owner managers aren't bleeding the company dry and supporting you know their heavy salaries. I mean, those are the companies that last in the in the long haul. Uh, I've seen bo- both sides of that in my experience. So. That's um, something that everyone should aspire to. I mean, even if you're starting a side hustle or a vacation rental company on the side, if you've got something else that can keep your, you know, pay your um, pockets funded for a while, that's going to be better in the long term. Because whether you invest it back in your people or in technology to be able to grow the business, you know, but people and technology are the two most expensive line items on anyone's P and L. So you got to have the money to do it, and and rightfully so. Without the people, there's no point. I mean, yeah, right. we're, we're yeah. a human business. Absolutely. Yeah. We're yeah. a human business. Yeah. So yeah. what's, so what's next for you guys? I mean, I will yeah. say that we met you in Chicago and fell in love with you. No, 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 no. Actually, we've, no, we've we met her before that. In, uh, no, we met her in Burma uh, in San Antonio. San Antonio. That's right. San Antonio. Right. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Yep. And we, with the yes. Wine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. With wine, of course. No, I mean, we, yeah, we did have wine. Right. we fell in love with you and Thor like Aww. instantly and just, you know, this has been a long time coming, get to get our calendars to sync to get you on the show. But like, you are just one of literally my top five managers in the business. Your energy is fun. And and so when you, I remember when you told me at Darm that you had done, you had done this and you were like, it's not public, like it's coming out. It's like, we told a few people. And, and I was like, I mean, I remember walking away going like, wait a minute. No, that can't like, she, I just heard her wrong. Look, what are you going to do? We're going to, when I need to see you, like I need you at these shows. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, so we've been tossed around a lot of things. Um, I had been accepted to an MBA program late this summer. Oh, I, mean, I, always, I always thought yeah. I was going to do MBA PhD because I'd love to do a PhD in data visualization. So in my other world, in real estate valuation, appraisal review and litigation support, I do some expert witness testimony and I teach some around the country. Um, I wanted to learn more about that. Like, how do I present information in ways? I mean, I love a spreadsheet, but not everybody loves a spreadsheet, y'all. True. So I wanted to figure out a way to better (laughs) produce that kind of stuff. So I was thinking, you know, MBA, PhD. And I had actually registered for classes and Thor and I were watching, we watched this movie called Uncorked about a young man who wanted to become a sommelier. And <laughs> at the end of the movie, I'm sitting there crying and he says, what's wrong? What's going on? I was like, I want to be a sommelier. I want to have my retail wine store that I wanted to do 30 years ago. Oh, I wanted to have a oh, wine store. Wouldn't that be amazing? And yeah. he said, MBA, sommelier. They rhyme. Right? Sommelier sounds like a lot more fun. Yeah. If you're just tasting, I could drink the rest of the wine. I yeah. That's a great <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. So I actually I called that. my advisor and I said, can I defer enrollment in the MBA program for a year? And she said, absolutely. We'll take you when you come. We don't. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, okay. That's great. And so they refunded the money and I'm going to 
do some uh, thanks to Matty Pauls and some of his recommendations, Matt at uh, Travelnet Solutions Track, because um, he is a psalm. I don't know if oh, you know that. okay. Yeah. No. He's very knowledgeable. Yeah. Wow. And he suggested both psalm training, which is the court of master sommeliers, and WSET, which is Wine and Spirits Education Trust. So they both have different sort of focus. Um, sommelier is more like fine dining and how you serve and plates and travel around the table and, and also wine. And then WSET is more on the retail wholesale side from mm-hmm. understanding tasting wine, but also understanding where their where wines are produced and what goes into the production. Y'all, I had no idea it was this complicated. It's way more complicated than yeah. it's ever yeah. done. So I just have bought a bunch of books and uh, decided to start with Chardonnay. I don't know. I've been tasting Chardonnay. All my- That's my favorite. Let me yeah. know. <laughs> well, I mean, we follow- can do that. This yeah. is your time to follow your passions. And I do hope that Thor finds something back in property management. But if you can find some blend of wine and property management, <laughs> well, that would be the, really yeah. the sweet spot. Think you about know. how cool it would be to be able to be um, as an operator. Yeah. That yeah. Automatically share wines with guests and or property owners. I yeah. love that. Yeah. Yeah. Or so are you going to open a, store? a winery, something like that? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> there you go. There you go. Are you going to, so are you, you going to open a store? Is that where you still want to go? Or you just don't know at this point? No, yeah. It's so early in yeah. my learning. Okay. I mean, I'm literally yeah. just learning like every varietal of grape. Like I, yeah. I didn't even know I like wine. You know, I don't know right. how they're yeah. made or if they're picked earlier or late or if they're grown in warmer or cool climate. And the varieties, there's something like 500,000 different wines. Wow. And wow. so it's a lot to learn. It's going to keep me busy for a bit. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So I guess we, we know that um, whenever we go to a conference and you're there, we just ask you to come to dinner with us. Right. So yes. Like we'll defer to yeah. your judgment. <laughs> yeah. Of we don't have a whole lot of choices at these conferences we go to. It's <laughs> true. white or red, not even the type, but yeah. <laughs> Table wine. Table wine. Yeah. 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 Well, exactly. I think, uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. And and maybe I get into this and I decide, oh, that's just my brain's exploding. I won't be able to do it. Yeah. Um, and if not, we'll figure out something. I don't want to leave the hospitality yeah. space. Everybody that I've met, I mean, you guys, everybody else has been so wonderful and engaging and encouraging and supportive. Yeah. And I mean, we, we always, we had a problem. We would like, hey, who do we call about this problem? People were so willing to be open and share their best practices. And this is how we solved it. That has been remarkable. Um, You know, as an inventory mastermind for about four years, when we finally decided, oh, maybe trying to grow the company, maybe we should market to owners like that hadn't occurred. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I was talking to CJ Sam about it. He said, why don't you call Brooke Fouts? You remember Brooke was at Libres and call him. He's got a thing he's doing. So I called Brooke and what I found out later is we were partner number 10, but they helped us explode the business, like replace. That's awesome. And properties that were helpful and better properties in place. And then also grow pretty tremendously. And that's how Katie ended up in that role. We, Thor and I didn't have time to manage all the leads coming in. Yeah. 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 So that's pretty remarkable. (laughs) Well, I think you guys, I think again, you guys, I, I say this, I've said it for years, but people are born with a hospitality gene or they are not, and you really Mm -hmm. can't teach it. And the ones that have it are the ones that I feel like they thrive. But I think 
I feel like I've had it my whole life and I just didn't know what to do with it. And, but this industry, this industry is like all of those genes, everybody, like the gene pools come together, you know, and like, we're all working together, but you're right. I mean, having worked on the hotel side of the business, there's the, the vacation rentals, there is nothing. And even, even short-term rentals, isn't really the same vacation rentals has something about it. It's just got this, this lure and this, this passion that I've never seen anywhere else. And I think that we are all, we're competitors in different aspects, but we all want to work together to make it better. And, and that's Alex and I've learned that through all the conversations that we've had is like, you'll talk to people that are very, you know, heated competitors in like to technology space, but they'll go out and golf together and have a drink together and they know each other's kids. And, you know, like, it's just, it, we are all one big family regardless, you know, it's a large, vast uh, pool of inventory, but as far as the, the family and the people that are in it, it's, it's very tight knit and close and small. And I just, I love it. And, and I just hope that you and Thor stay in it because you are so valued by everybody that's ever met you and you're a great asset to the whole community at large. Yeah. Me cry. That's my goal. That's going to be my goal this year. How many people can I make cry? It's usually me. (laughs) That is very kind. Um, I, I agree with you. I think the people in this space will compete and then leave yeah. that at the table and go be friends and support each other in real and measurable ways. And Absolutely. Yeah. Over and yeah. over and over again, seeing that. Yeah. yeah. It's, we're all in something very special. I think that we've learned that more and more as the years go on, but it's not replicatable in other industries as far as I've seen, but it's, no. it is something special. I mean, to feel like you're part of something bigger than what you are, what your company, not just what you're, but just for your companies too. There's, there's a lot of value to that. And just, you, know, you, you get, you get a lot, you get, somebody taught me years and years ago, and I didn't understand this. This was when I was in college, um, when I was in sorority days that they said, yeah. as it's a simple, nothing groundbreaking advice, but you get what you what you give. I mean, yeah, you, but what you put in comes back to you. And I remember I didn't really like being in sorority, and I always felt like it was rules and regulations and all these different things, and I didn't like that. But then when I look back on it, I I wish I had participated the way that I would have gained more from it if I had embraced why why I should have learned, you know, in, the, in those days how to run board meetings. I mean, those are totally <laughs> things now that I do in my daily life. So, right. um, but you you get what you put into something and and the more that you engage and lean in, the more it, it rewards you too. But we're so excited to watch you and Thor's journey as I know everybody yeah. on LinkedIn and within our community is. I think there's, you guys could have, you probably find somebody to do a reality show about you at this point. <laughs> Definitely like about Thor. Thor. It's, it's your yeah. Definitely about Thor. Yeah. I'm not as interesting as he is. I can tell you that. Now I'm a weirdo and I'll lean into things, but he is a whole nother level. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm I'm excited to get to know him more. I mean, like we just, he's so quiet when we've talked, but I know he's got so much behind him. And I see his like you mentioned the pictures he posts on Facebook. Sometimes they're like a beer at seven thirty in the morning. I'm like that guy is just what? funny. Like you would never yeah. expect him to be posting some of these pictures, but I love it. <laughs> he's embraced his authenticity, yes. on like a whole nother level. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it. he has long not cared what other people thought. Like yeah. that's yeah. just his Huge. ethos. Yeah. Yeah, you know, our our company values were like always be kind, do the right thing, be a duck, which is like let it roll off your back when it gets bad or or teammate you're having a struggle, and also paddle like crazy, make it look easy. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But I think those were things that were so important to him. The always do the right thing is like his sing, I think his single personal ethos. 
And yeah. not everybody agrees with what he thinks is the right thing. He don't care. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he um, knows it in the heart of hearts, whether it's right or him. wrong. Yeah. Yeah. For him. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. fine. You know, yeah. it's, that's a really, it, it's, it takes some people. I mean, I've just recently come to some of that and yes, yeah, it takes a long time usually to get to that. So good for him. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we will continue watching your path and we will certainly have you back again. And definitely, I think the next time we have you and Thor, or maybe just Thor, and then we have you both back just together. Thor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we want to come and go on a nature walk with him while we record. Oh, yeah. That's probably the that best way to get him in his yeah. elements. Totally. Totally. Yeah. That yes. would be fun. Yeah. Down the mountain. Yeah. <laughs> if anybody wants to get in touch with you, Christina, what's the best way to reach you? Sure. So probably my Gmail, Christina H. Thorison at gmail.com. And I guess that'll okay. be in show notes. Um, and they're welcome to ping me uh, my real estate valuation practice phone number. Uh, it's a Google number 423 so. Awesome. Yeah, we will include that in the show notes. And thank you again. If anybody wants to reach thank Annie you. and I, you can go to alexandannypodcast.com. And if you're enjoying the show, we'd love to hear from you. If you could write a review, Christina wrote an amazing one probably about a year yeah. ago. <laughs> um, but thank you everybody for tuning in and we will talk to you next time.